Welcome to another episode of Planner Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica McWilliams. Behind every planner, there's a person. And behind every person, there's a story. In today's episode, I share with you an interview conversation with none other than Stephanie Fleming. She is a creative entrepreneur, speaker, optimist, and wellness seeker. Most notably, she's the co-founder of Me and My Big Ideas, who brought us the happy planner. Yesterday, she launched her very first book that she authored, Plan a Happy Life. Toward the end of the episode, Stephanie shares with us how we can fully engage with her and this book on her website, stephaniefleming.com. So look there for book club opportunities. How cool is that? She shares with me some behind the scenes decisions and feelings, and we get deep about her business and dream that began 20 years ago in a tiny garage-based business and is now an industry-leading lifestyle brand. What it took to retire and to really listen to herself of what she needed and ask herself the big question, what is my why? Stephanie says that trying to be happy and living creatively is like a muscle that we can exercise. Don't miss the section of today's episode where I share listener questions that you posted on Instagram to me, one of which was her favorite question she's ever been asked, as well as another listener question that she has never answered anywhere before. Um, That is so awesome. We have an exclusive. Now here's Stephanie. Welcome, Stephanie, to Planner Lifestyle Podcast. It's such a pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. And today, as of recording, this is August 25th, 2020. This is a big day for you. Tell my audience what's happening. Yeah, today is the release date for uh, my book, my first book called Plan a Happy Life. And it was it's its birthday today. Yeah, happy birthday. Happy birthday. Does this mean we get cupcakes? Oh, I should have. I think uh, that that should be the rule. Yes, I think so. Every... That means that I got to go find some baking supplies. Mm, I suppose maybe DoorDash, right? Oh, yes. I live I live for DoorDash at the moment. It's a business expense, Stephanie. Just order it up. <laughs> I love your thinking. I like the, I like the thought process here. <laughs> Cupcakes it is for lunch. Yeah, there's an Instagram post in there somewhere, right? Yeah. Blow out a candle. It's its birthday. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, before we dive into too many of the details, which I'm very much looking forward to, please tell my audience a little bit about yourself and um, how you relate to the planner community. Yeah, it would be my honor. Uh, my name is Stephanie Fleming, and I am the co-founder of Me and My Big Ideas, and we are the creators of The Happy Planner. So about 20 plus years ago, I started a little business in my garage with my mom, uh, creating scrapbooking stickers for that industry, and um, and then just grew the business over the years to the point where we um, were coming up with all these different creative products for for that craft industry, pretty much. And it brought us to this wonderful new product of creative planners. And uh, so in 2015, we released the Happy Planner line of products. And that basically kind of just really pivoted my focus in business. And um, yeah, so we've created this line and it's available worldwide. And we've been kind of riding that um, it's a roller coaster. It's been an amazing, wonderful ride um, with the planner community and people who just love to take control of, you know, what makes them happy and really be active in planning that out in their lives. And so, um, yeah, so now 
I am actually retired from my day job at the Happy Planner. Um, my husband and I retired. He retired last year. I retired like in June, and um, but I still am, you know, out there promoting happiness and 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 using my planners. And so, you know, in the nutshell, that's pretty much my story. And I would layer in too. I mean pillar of the community. I mean, maybe, right? Like it's, it was a foundational movement that thrust a new industry into the forefront of our minds. So there's that. Yes. Good job. And I think it was, I (laughs) mean, I could, like, I could talk all day about my story or I could like, you know, sum it up in like 30 seconds for the planner um, community. That's kind of where Mm -hmm. I've really found, like where I found my footing and where I found myself finding, um, just passion and purpose in what I was doing because, you know, at my core, I'm a positive person and that's kind of how I have gone through life and dealt with the struggles and the challenges in my life, both in business and personally. Um, And so this product and this platform and this community became a place where I could find friendship and connection. And I think it did as much for me as I have done for it. Um, And so yeah, so it's been it's been a much different. I think what is that? You know, five or five years or so since the Happy Planner came about, and those have been a very very full, um, robust five years. Yeah, well, that's the joke right now. Is right, everyone's vision and uh, their five year plan in twenty fifteen. No one oh, got geez. it right. <laughs> you may have some of it might have stuck out to you, right? Like, were you picturing? Okay, I'm going to launch this new product, and in five years, I'll retire. Absolutely not. No, no, no. It was just because it's going to be a wild success. And overnight, I'll be speaking around the world, right? Yeah. And people ask all the time, they're like, did you anticipate this? Like, no way. Like, I can tell you 100% no. I mean, we always hoped that products that we come out with, you know, are successful and, you know, are meaningful to people. And some of the ones that we've come come out with over the years have not done that. Um, and then you just move on, right? So you find out, okay, we love this. this is a great idea. And, um, you know, we hoped that. But to be honest with you, it was just another product that um, I was like, hey, there, I think there's a need in the industry. And I want a planner that does ABCD. You know, I want it to be positive. I want it to have this beautiful artwork. I want you to be able to move things around. I want it to be affordable. And so, Um, our team helped create that. And, you know, I just basically like we did when I started my very first or was at my very first trade show was you kind of open the doors. It's today is release day, right? And you cross your fingers and you say, I hope someone comes, you know, I hope somebody likes this. And so when people really started connecting with this product, I was like, wow, there was something different though. I think it was the part of the community and people's desire to find happiness, you know, to have meaning in their mm. lives, it kind of came out in the product line. And then I think was kind of nurtured within the community, if that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think that was this really what gave it the rise, right? And so for me, I didn't plan on retiring at the age I am right now. I mean, I'm 49. I wasn't planning on retiring mm-hmm. at 49. Um, but the the demands of how successful this company became. Um, We just got to a point where I just knew it was time for me to move on to something different in the next phase of my life. So no, this is where I'm sitting right now. I am, I wouldn't, I would, if you told me that 
five years ago. You will be mm-hmm. retired at 49 and this is what the product will be. And I would be like, yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, I, I don't think I would believe that. So uh, I'm, I'm honored and, you know, just super excited, but really feel blessed to be sitting here, um, you know, with this product line that means so much to me, but has also been able to resonate with so many other people. Mm. Yeah. I'm imagining uh, if you told us five years ago, what today would look like. A lot of us oh. would probably be like, what? Really? <laughs> a, a fire tornado? Oh my oh. gosh. Um, <laughs> no. Global unrest? What? Every day, okay. every day, right? In 2020, like every day you're going, come on, seriously? <laughs> come on. No, we wouldn't have believed this year if anybody said, no, I promise you, this is what it's going to look like. No Start way. Start stocking up on toilet paper. I I never look at I roll a toilet paper in the same way ever in fact I redid ours this morning and I was like to my husband do you remember when we couldn't get toilet paper as I'm like you know sifting through the like rolls and rolls and rolls that I have now yes (laughs) it it I hope that feeling that remembrance of that withoutness stays for those who are now through that I mean maybe there are many who are still in that withoutness phase for a variety of you know, reasons, but I, I definitely, even three weeks in, like back in March or early April, started to see a shift in my mindset to where I really felt a lot of, well, I've had gratitude for the greatest generation that went through the Great mm-hmm. Depression and World War II. Of course, I had respect, but like I had a different lens through which to yeah. kind of help contextualize some of their quirky habits. Like, do you know whatever it is like did your um grandma great grandma whoever you know there's a variety of ages that listen to this oh yeah um do just things you're like why are we saving all the easter seals that come in the free pack yeah why are we why let, let's look a little closer here why why are we doing this and you yeah. do we really need to save the foil like do you wash off the plastic plates like yeah. my my um mother-in-law who was my my generation of or my family had like we were all very young when we had kids so but I remember my mother-in-law and you know I kind of walked into her home and when I was was in high school you know and I'm watching her and she's you know washing off the aluminum foil and she's you know saving all these things and I'm like why is she doing this you know this is so weird and you know then I got older and I like you developed an appreciation and understanding and a level of respect but I never understood it like in my own life and in my own head you know to see what that was like. And I said, you know, we all dealt with a little bit of, you know, or a lot of fear and uncertainty when, when COVID hit and none of us really knew what is, what's happening here. You, I never had a hard time finding food. You know, we were going, okay, we can't go out. How are we going to get this? You know, there was shortages on meat and toilet paper and you couldn't go outside and you were afraid. And, you know, that's something that I think our generation has never had to deal with for the most part at this global level, you know, across the country and across the uh, the globe. But, you know, so it, I agree with you. I feel like that was something it's eye-opening for us, for those of us who have lived with so much, even when we've struggled, what we really had is so much more than, you know, lots of areas in the world and in our country. And it just really does help you appreciate and are thankful for the things that you have. Um, and we don't look at them in the same way. And I agree with you. I hope we never do. I mm-hmm. hope we understand and remember what that's like. Well, echoing that. Yes, for sure. Well, and I'm thinking even in those three weeks early on, I felt that, okay, now we're months in. Um, 
And some things are turning around here and there, and maybe different things affect us now, more of the long-term effects, or we're seeing um, maybe a loved one is getting sick, like my husband, who is just getting over COVID, Mm -hmm. like it's actually touching us in different ways. But I'm thinking back to like that depression era, that was years and years, you know, where really, I mean, I guess we don't know what this quote unquote new normal is just going to be. Uh, you know, it's not really getting back to anything. Maybe, maybe it's just kind of a how we roll with things differently. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. I think we'll know in hindsight pretty exclusively. Like we can't know right now, and that's that's a hard part for planners. I think in general is the not knowing. <sighs> we can't have this like fate determined. You know, like this control, the perceived yeah. control. I I should say that we like. Not to a T. I mean, we all come to planning for different reasons to track different things or, you know, we have the different um, personality types all wrapped in. But in general, like we're tracking time in some way or form, you know, or whether that be eaten through a journal entry, you're still tracking how you felt that day, you know, or you're looking ahead to events that you're putting down. And it's just kind of funny right now. It, it's, you know, it's interesting you say that because I, I will, you know, be very honest. I like, I'm a control freak. <laughs> I'm not proud of it, but I am. I just, I like to be in control because I've had times in my life, including recently, where I was out, things were out of my control and it makes you uncomfortable. And so when I'm, you know, when things are kind of running rampant and I can't wrap my arms around them, I want to like, okay, what can I control, right? So then I, I'm i hyper <laughs> um, controlling in these other areas, which doesn't really feel good. And so I've spent a lot of time balancing that out. But one of the things that I've noticed is, is that it gives you a sense of peace when you feel like you can control things. And so obviously we know where it can be a, you know not helpful for us, right? When we become a, the control freak in quotes. Um, but, you know, it also can be helpful in areas and times when, things are out of our control. We don't know what there isn't going to, it's going to be a new normal. We're never going back in my opinion to exactly the way things were before, which can be scary for people. And we don't know what the real future is going to look like. And that is just a world of unknown. And so for planner people like myself or people that are uncomfortable with a lot of uncertainty, you know, one of the things I find comforting is to do something that, you know, has been called out there. I don't know who really coined this phrase, but control the controllables. There are so many things we can't control, but there are a lot of things that we can. And if we can focus on the things that we can control, it it brings a little bit more of a sense of peace amidst the chaos, if that makes sense. Myself, I've been in this place and I've been around other people who constantly dwell in the negative, right? And or like going like, oh, and I can't do this. And I can't believe that. And what is this going to look like? And this is terrible. And you just find yourself just really just down on things and you feel overwhelmed. So if I look out and I say like, you know, I can't control the fact that I don't know what's going to happen outside. And I'm looking right now at like the holiday season. It gave me a little anxiety to think like, oh my gosh, the holidays, which are a time that I just treasure with my family. I don't know what that's going to look like. And that can make me sad and depressed and, oh my God, this is going to be so much different and it's going to be terrible. Or I can say, you know what? I can't control what the world is going to look like, but I can say, 
okay, well, maybe I can plan some special traditions. Um, if I can't see people, I can do it this way. If I can just be with my grandchildren, maybe I can make it that really special. Maybe I just make my home, you know, if I'm going to be home by myself, maybe I make my home really festive and do something with my husband or, you know, focusing on the things that we can control and give them more attention, give them more of your time. Um, and it doesn't make the other stuff go away. It just helps you through them. That's what I've thought about planners in general. That's the big joke meme from all of this is what was the worst purchase in 2019? <laughs> a 2020 planner. It's like, I mean, ouch. people, right, especially for you. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, well, excuse I me. That. I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's the real reason you retired. You're like, I'm out. This is going down in a dumpster oh, fire. Bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> no one's going to use them forevermore. I'm just kidding. We all do. We all scoop them up. But And for that reason, I'm yeah. out. No. <laughs> But really, I've I've challenged people just in the community and possibly here and there in the episodes as well to just look at somehow, I guess what I'm trying to say is thank you for articulating it like that because I've often thought people are like, well, I don't have anything to plan. I don't have anything to do. Everything got canceled. And it's like, well, but did it? We're still we're still breathing. We, we still have yeah. uh, interests. We still have desires. We have things we can make I don't know maybe that's both of our creative yeah. lens in life of like well let's make the best of it like yeah why not this is actually uh, an opportunity absolutely. that'll be fun before we even had plan a happy life as our tagline which is also the you know name of the book and all that kind of stuff when I was just when we did creative um product for the craft industry and scrapbooking our tagline was live creatively because living creatively just like you said is it's creative solutions to problems. It's looking at things in a different way. It's finding, you know, I want to, you know, oh, I really want to make shelves in my kid's room, but I don't have any money. So I think I'm going to go down. I'm going to get like an apple crate and I'm going to paint it and I'm going to put this stuff on, which was stuff my mom did when I grew up. You know, she had no, she didn't have money and just wanted to decorate my, you know, nursery with this stuff from my dad's, you know, he, my dad worked construction and she would go and pick up like those big, um, I, I want to say like a spool, but you know, the things that have the big, that wire, like, I don't know. She made like a little table. It is a spool. Oh, that was rad, man. That was those were cool back in right? the day. Yeah, for sure. Those were the groovy seventies. They're probably back already. Oh my gosh! If we're re we're like seventies are back. Macrame, macrame is here. Let's just say macrame. Is I'm here. staring at my macrame mm -hmm. um, thing that I did also during the shutdown. <laughs> that was something else I did because I was like, I you know what? What a better time to try something new. I'd never done macrame, so I'm like, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna try that ordered some rope and whatever it is and did that. And, you know, I think that's when I look now, it's, it's a practice, right? It's like a, it's like a muscle that you exercise when it's, you know, whether you're thinking creatively, living creatively, or trying to be happy. Like for instance, my husband and I, one, one of the favorite things that we have done together is we religiously had date nights every Wednesday. And we went to the movie. We're super exciting. We went to the movies almost every week. Same thing. And we love it. We love going to the movies and we love being together. And it was just a really good practice for mm -hmm. us. And then, hello, COVID, you know, we're going like, we get along great and we see each other now all the time, but we missed like date night. So I was like, okay, we complained about it for a while. I mean, don't get me wrong. We still fall into that same trap. We're like, this sucks, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> like, what about date night? I miss going to the movies and I miss having that. And I thought, well, then why don't we just have a day here? Wednesdays were our date nights. Why don't we just do something special? You plan one week, I'll plan the next week. And whether it's 
you make me dinner or I plan something special for you. You know, maybe we watch the sunset outside or walk down on the beach or whatever, the things that we can do. And, you know, that is a big, that makes a big difference instead of just sitting around and complaining that we didn't have what we had before. Yeah. Yeah. Living with intention is kind of a proactive approach. You know, you're not letting life Mm -hmm. wash over you in these waves of, well, this just keeps hitting me and it keeps hitting me and it keeps hitting me. At some point, the proactive part of you goes, oh, there's a piece of driftwood. Why don't I hop on that and ride this wave? You know, like, let's not just keep getting slapped in the face and drown. Like, figuring out what can what can we do that's great and excellent and beautiful and truthful during this time and during this event that seems to to knock you down. Yeah, and I think that's a big thing. Like there's you don't want to be dwelling in the difficulty. It's kind of just a little I always have this for some reason I need to have these little like sayings, right? So like to me like there's a lot of times when things actually happen to you. There's things that go wrong in your life and you know, I've lived a life like that. I've had some really great things. I've lived with a lot of privilege and I've had some really wonderful things that I've had bless me in my life. But I've also had a lot of tragedy and heartbreak and, you know, abuse and things that, you know, were very hard for me to deal with. Um, And in those times, there were times that I found myself just dwelling in the difficulty where it was like, do I feel victimized? Yeah. Am I victimized? Yes. But it was my choice to just sit there and wallow in it, you know? And so after a while and after listening to people, you know, tell me, why are you doing this? This is the same thing. You're just sitting in all of this. Like why? I'm like, because look what happened to me. My life never got better. You know, my life at that point, the more I just sat in it, it didn't change. Me being sad and feeling like such a victim, even though I was, didn't, make it better. It didn't make me heal. It didn't help me move on. It just kept me sad. And then I realized, I'm like, okay, yes, that happened. How do I move forward? You know, and then it made me feel like if I can go through and deal with some of these things that are major, what could this practice do in just regular life when like you just have a crappy day, you know, like what could it do then if I can deal with my divorce and the things that happened in my divorce um, which were really hard for me. Um, and I could get past that. What else could I do, you know, with a positive attitude? Well, and you sure showed us what you could do. You literally, (laughs) at some point you're, uh, what was your title? Happiness ambassador? Like, that's awesome. I feel like you could be in a parade with like a sash. (laughs) Hello. Hi, I'm the happiness ambassador. Hello. I'm Welcome. Thank you for being here today. They're carving my head in butter at the state fair. So, hi, I'm the happiness ambassador. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, they were like, yeah, what title? What should you do? Do you want to be CEO? No, 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 no. I do not want to be the CEO. Um, but I would love to be the happiness ambassador because that's what I, you know, that's where I have the passion. And that's, so I think that's one of the reasons why, and I'm totally just stepping on whatever question you were going to ask, but I think that like when we, what maybe some of the listeners may not know is we sold a uh, majority portion of our business about a year and a half ago. And we did that because the explosive growth of the happy planner took our, you know, mid sized family owned and run business to this level that was like, you know, you creative entrepreneurs, which is what we are and where we thrive to, to even keep it at the same level it was at, let alone grow. You know, we were 
driving ourselves crazy. And I was like, I don't, this doesn't feel good to me anymore. I don't feel inspired and I don't feel as happy. And, um, and so we sold this majority portion to great partners who, you know, we are still, um, in business with and still investors, but you know, it got to this point where we had to, to sell this because for me, I wasn't like it, as much as I loved the product, the business side of it changed. Right. And so I was saying like, things don't feel right. Like I'm not, I'm not able to exercise my creativity or I'm not able to even spend the time because I was spending time with customer service issues and management issues. And I became, you know, a business owner and you became, which is great, but that's not where my strength is. You know, my strength is in creativity and it's in the marketing side of it, but it's also in the product development. And um, so I was like, if we don't have that, then, you know, what am I doing here? <laughs> kind of a thing. It was a a light bulb moment because it was at the, you know, the peak of the success of the happy planner. And I, you know, I would go on Instagram and I'm like, like I'm miserable. <laughs> how yeah. is this, how is this okay? You know? Um, and I had to figure stuff out. I do remember some sprinklings of you over the years. There was kind of a dissonance, like I I'm making my bread and butter, spreading these positive images mm-hmm. and dashboards and quotes and but I feel kind of crummy. Mm-hmm. You know, you you are very transparent and I say kudos for that. Yeah, well, so it was a, you know, like I said, up to the the sale, we kind of realized like, okay, what does the future look like? Because we have got to grow. Because in business, if you're not growing, right, you're shrinking. And in order to continue the business, we had all, we were working all the time. My husband, my family and I, we were all just like, just we can't do anymore. So we we found the partners, we sold and you go through that process, right? And they bring people in. We're like, oh yes, you need help here. And we're gonna bring in the, the cavalry over here and we're gonna like really boost things up. And then I realized, right? I'm going like, oh, this is amazing because I believe in where they're taking it. I really do. Um, but I sat there and I was like, um, I feel like a fish mm-hmm. out of water. <laughs> um, this new corporate world in which the business has to exist in order to grow. I don't do well here. And it was really tough for me to see, you know, my baby like going forward with other other people who I've just met, you know, brought onto the team and they have a different vision, right? Then and even if I agreed with the vision, I didn't really know what my role was in it. And at first, you know, there's a lot of respect for, you know, what I brought to the table and um what my role was, but I just I didn't I didn't fit in to be, I mean, if I'm just being blunt, it felt like, wow, you guys are doing a great job here. What is my purpose? And so it really kind of led me over the last year. I had some real honest conversations with my new partners and with the the new CEO and my family and my husband. And I, I would just try. I'm like, okay, maybe I need to work a little more remotely. So I'm kind of over here. But then I had like, you know, one toe in and I wasn't really sure what was going on. And I just realized it was like, you know, I either need to be in all, all in or all out. And um, it took me a little while to figure that out. So, um, and it was painful, to be honest. It was, it was hard to walk away because, you know, you're watching your baby over there get like raised by mm-hmm. somebody else. And, but I had to make a decision where I, you know, I feel like the things that we want in our lives, we have to be responsible, number one, for deciding what that is. But then also like, you know, what that means. Like if I say I don't fit in here and then I stayed and stayed and was miserable and miserable, you know, that's nobody's fault but my own. So 
you know, for me, I got to the point, my husband looked at me and he goes, why are you doing this? I'm like, because I was, I was really tied to what it was for me before. And I said, you know, I still, and to this day, I believe in the product and the brand and the message and the community. Um, but because my job was weighing me down, I was losing that passion and that, you know, that just that zest for life. And I wanted it back. That's why I think, you know, that really difficult decision to step away as my day job, you know, as an employee of the company, it basically opened up my life again to my purpose. And which is, you know, and I think that the fact that the book is now coming out, it's really just, it's perfect timing for me because I, at first when, when I left, I was like, oh my God, then I have this book coming out, this plan a happy life and oh my gosh. And and then I thought, you know, but this is the perfect time because I'm actually reading the book and doing all of the exercises again as I'm planning this next phase of my life. So I think what changed for me was that I took responsibility for the decisions that I was making and not making and saying, staying here and being unhappy is only going to make me unhappy. So I need to decide what it is that I want. And, um, and make that tough decision. That echoes very much to what you said earlier when you were going through a transition in your life as a single mom of I'm sitting here, mm-hmm. I need to make a choice, you know, and that choice um, yeah. that you made certainly was beneficial, not only to you, your kids, your friends and family, but then to, you know, thousands of other people. So I... Um, applaud you for taking those efforts and recognizing those um, not patterns maybe but to to take that stand yeah. for yourself I that shows that you you know have maturity and confidence and I'm sure there were days where you wavered right and maybe even oh what did oh I just gosh. do like what the all yeah. the time all and I think you you know it's it's like developing a self awareness. You have to be able to reflect on yourself, and and I always say like you need to be able to reflect on the actions that you take in your life and do it in a non judgmental way. Where you know if you make a mistake and you're going like what an idiot, I can't believe I did that, and you're really hard on yourself. Chances are it's going to be tough for you to make that reflection again because you know you're going to be hard on yourself. But if you can just really sit and say, you know, look, you already know that you're an imperfect human being, but you are, you know, you're doing the best you can. And you sit and say, you know what? I think I'm doing that again. I think I'm doing that thing where I'm I'm staying somewhere in a position, you know, whether it's a marriage or a job or um, something that's you know, it's really not serving me anymore, and I'm not serving it anymore. It's not a it's not a great relationship. I think I'm staying longer and and really call yourself on it, you know, in a sweet and gentle and graceful way, but say, I'm noticing this about myself. I don't really like it. I need to make some changes. Um, That is a way that we can really reflect on our behavior and that's how we can grow. You have to get real with yourself. You have to give that baseline, like what's actually happening right here. Yeah. You got to be that good friend. You know, that friend that you have that would look at you and go, seriously, no, this is what you're doing. And we'll really call you on it. And in in a loving way, you have to be that for yourself. And I never was. I kind of would be like, you know, stick my head in the sand and go like, no, 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 things are fine. Things are fine here. Everything's great. And then knowing that it's not, it's like, oh, by me not acknowledging it, it doesn't go away. (laughs) You know, imagine that. Well, I have have a question for you um, to kind of pass Mm -hmm. on your experience to maybe someone who is in a rising business, who is in a mid-level, not 
level, but whatever, a family-run creative entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah, like sure. a mid-sized company. Um, about that, <laughs> yeah, that, one of those. Um, yeah, Not what, sure what, that. what yeah. she said. Do you have any, I don't know, words that you wish someone had spoken to you before kind of getting on that little rocket ship or even to people who haven't started a business yet but have a great idea and they just like that would be the ultimate is to be at that top and to be able to sell and like like that is the the ultimate pinnacle mm-hmm. of what they think life is like what words would you say to them i think from the beginning which i i didn't know because you know for me at the beginning of starting a business it was so that I could pay my bills. You know, I was about ready to lose my house and it was like, I need a job. I need, you know, I had a job, but it was like, I need one that's going to actually make ends meet. And so the opportunity at that time was, you know, making money because I didn't have any, but I kind of held on to that, that mentality longer than I needed to. Right. So it was more about like, it was continuing like, oh, I need to continue the success to keep going. And I'm not really a materialistic person. So it wasn't that. It was more like security, you know, like Mm. financial security for my family, for my kids to go to college and for me to build a retirement fund. And, you know, it was like that for me. But um, I think I never beyond that developed a purpose of why am I doing this? What am I doing it Mm. for? Um, When I got to the point where for us, you know, we sold the company and it was like, I could retire now if I wanted to. So my husband would go like, why are you doing this if you're miserable? You know? And I'm like, um, I don't know. So I think that you have to know why you're doing it and, and have that conversation with yourself maybe once a year, maybe it's every six months, whatever you think it's like, because it changes. And, um, you know, you can't be afraid to pivot if things don't feel right. It's okay. But at the same time, and this is, I mean, this is just a lot of, I don't even know if it's like you can follow the ding, 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 ding of my brain. But it's like, I also think that a lot of times people get into a business, they start something. And um, the the one thing I think I would tell people to expect is you're going to work really, really, really hard. Anybody who thinks that you work for yourself and, you know, they see whether it's on Instagram or any other kind of social media, or you just see your friends who own a business who are like, wow, that's really cool. They're at their kid's soccer game uh, or whatever, soccer practice at three o'clock in the afternoon because they have a flexible schedule Then they have their own business. They've got it good, which that is one of the really cool benefits of being your own boss, right? Is that you can, you have a flexible schedule. What you may not understand is that person is also working at, you know, one o'clock in the morning packaging stickers because they're the one that does that, you know? So there's what you see on the outside isn't always what appears. So owning your own business is a lot of work. Um, And you got to be willing to put that work in. But at the same time, you know, I just, I don't know if it's like, I didn't go to college because I was pregnant right out of high school. And um, so I kind of have learned through the school of hard knocks and and, uh, um, that academy. But, you know, I would imagine that like, you know, when somebody goes off to, to college and they spend four years and they get a degree in, let's say, um, I don't know, in psychology. And I know you can't, whatever, even if you go forward and then you go, gosh, you know what? I don't really like this. Mm -hmm. Um, This is not fulfilling to me, but I have a degree, so I'm going to stick it out. I understand that, but you've got to be able to 
take a look at your life and your choices in your life. And when you're miserable or if something is, it's that little tap, 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 Mm -hmm. you know, this isn't making me happy. You, you're always tapped on the shoulder and you're not listening and you're not listening um, and you're not doing anything about it. I think that little, that little voice, that little reminder of saying like, this isn't for you won't go away. And then we go out and we try and do, you know, all these different things. So I'm not saying that people that are in business for themselves are going to not like it because I liked it for over 20 years. It was amazing for me. But I also had, I was also like, I got to that point where I wasn't afraid when I said, this doesn't work for me anymore to make a different decision. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know that that has anything as is, is much to do with the business side of it as just like life, life in general. Yeah, it works for, mm-hmm. for a job, but it also works just in, you know, life. Yeah. I, I guess what I was in, and you did address this to, I mean, yeah, like I'm not in the business of bursting bubbles. Like that is not my jam. Like I, I love being a cheerleader, especially <laughs> in the planner community. When I hear someone's yeah. opening a new sticker shop, I'm like, yes. Or, you know, if they come on the show and they're like, I think maybe, <laughs> and then they do it. I'm just like, this is fantastic. You know, yeah. two years later, I'm like, girl, your Etsy's blowing yes. up. Like that, that's a that's so fun. I love it. Like, I just want to, you know, fan those flames. But I do. Yeah, it's kind of that, that balance of understanding why you're doing it. And at what point do you feel Mm -hmm. successful enough or rich enough? Or is it ever going to be enough? You know, and just what that all entails. It's, it could be it's a whole own podcast about business emotions, (laughs) or like the the mindsets. Yeah. yeah. And I think you have to like, like you said, I think you need to, if somebody say like, let's use the example of an Etsy sticker shop and someone says, I'm going to do this. Well, I would ask you, like, first of all, I would say you're amazing. I can't believe you believe in yourself that much. This is so great. I am so proud of you. Great for you. But the second question I would say is why are you doing it? You know, is it a hobby and you just want to do it because it's fulfilling? Do you need to earn extra money to save up for um, something? I don't know. Do you need the extra income? Do you like, what is it that you're doing it for? Because identifying those kind of goals for your business really help you understand, are you, you know, to the point, like you've said, am I successful? Is this enough? Um, If you're doing it to say, I want to build an international lifestyle brand. Then if you're going like, Hey, and you're, you know, you get to the point you're going like, gosh, I don't know. I'm going to, I'm really missing out on my kids this, or I'm, you know, I'm not able to hang out with my friends as much. And you're going, but your purpose is that you've identified is that you want to build a, you know, global lifestyle brand. Well, you're going to need to work really, really hard. And maybe that's your goal. That was not my goal. Um, but for me, it was like, I want to be, I want to be able to pay my bills without having bill collectors call and us be delinquent on things. And I wanted to be able to go to Target and buy $4.99 skorts for my daughter without going like, ooh, I don't know, maybe we should, I don't know. And, you know, and I wanted to be able to like not have like stomach issues because of money problems. And so at that point, it was like when I got there, I should have been able, if I would have really been mindful about setting those goals and intentional, I would have said when I got to that point, like, oh my gosh, this feels good. Do I want to stay here or do I want to set another goal? You know, because otherwise I just kept going, kept going, 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 going with no real goals. And so I think when somebody, if they open up an Etsy shop and they say, you know what, my goal is to quit my job. I don't really like my job. And so I want to work for myself and I want to make about X amount of money so that I can make these things happen. Mm -hmm. And then I would like to, you know, review if I get there, I can give myself a pat on the back and say, you know, good for you. 
Like, I am so proud of myself. Look what we did. And you can say, you know what? This is a good level for me. Or, you know, I think I'm going to take it to the next step. I think I want to go wholesale. You know, I want to take this to the next level. You know, those kind of um, milestones would be great because I think it helps you instead of just feeling like you're just going, Mm -hmm. going, going all the time. Yeah. Or if you're small, like I like that you pointed out, like it's okay to celebrate even those, I guess you didn't say it was a small goal necessarily, but like I was just really, something came across my path in social media. I will never remember who or how, but (laughs) it, it made me think, why do I not think where I am is successful? There's this sort of like, it was a hook to say like, you set your definition of success. You know, I keep thinking, oh, I would really love 10,000 followers on Instagram so I can swipe up. I'm like, why? Mm -hmm. So people can go directly to my episode so I can be an affiliate? Like, what? Why? I have under 2,000 and I'm talking to you. Like, that's success to me. Like, because that's my, I had to examine, I want to have conversations with people. And I am. Like, that's success, right? Like, it's... Then you're already successful. Absolutely. And I think that that's, that's why I think that, you know, you have to define what happiness, what success, what is that for you? And it doesn't matter because somebody else might say, well, that's because I want to have, you know, 500,000 followers and I want to do this. And I, well, if you want to have com- meaningful conversations with people, you're already doing that, right? you know, yeah. and so you're already a success. I know when, um, my daughter Kayla and I did a podcast for a while before I retired and one of our episodes was called is it okay to not want more? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, there's that whole, you were made for more and you know, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not trying to like trash talk anybody. But to me, it's like every time you're like, you need to be a leader and you need to want more. Why? Does everybody need to be a leader? Does everybody need to own their own business? Does everybody need to want more? I don't think so. You know, I, I remember when I was younger and I don't know who I said this to, and this is of no disrespect to teachers, but I told one of my family members that I wanted to be a teacher when I grew up. And they said, well, teachers don't make a lot of money. And I was like, oh, okay. As a kid, I'm going, I don't even know if that's good or bad or what that means. But it felt to me like, well, that would be, you know, you would be setting your bar low if what you, you know, you're a very smart girl if you just want to be a teacher. And I also told, so like, I want to be a mom. You know, I really want to be a mom. It's like, mm, well, that's a low bar for you there, you know? And and so I had that in the back of my mind. It's like, what if what I want out of life was to be the best mom? And what if that was what I wanted to do? A stay-at-home mom mm-hmm. who takes care of her kids and, um, you know, and and at that point, I remember thinking like, that is an okay life to have. That is an honorable life to have. And, you know, our society, there's that whole hustle mentality and which is great because like I said, if you want to start a business, girl, you're going to need to hustle. (laughs) You know, you really will. But that's not the ultimate goal of success or happiness, you know, maybe for some people, but, you know, and I think for me, it was for a while, I wanted it because I was passionate about it. But once it became about the hustle and about wanting more, like I already had enough, you know, I had enough, I had enough to retire. There was no meaning in the hustle for me anymore. Um, and I didn't want to just have more, you know, I wanted to be happy and peaceful and calm, you know? Yeah. I like that you're sharing this part of, um, the journey and really getting into the nitty gritty of like the definitions. I'm, 
all about defining your terms. I, I'm a homeschool mom of four, and last year we went through a term of... Praise. <laughs> yeah. That's that's a job in, in and of itself. We're starting our 10th year, and I'm just like, wow, where did the time wow. go? Yeah, my oldest will be a sophomore oh. in a couple of weeks, so... Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Um, but we went through a logic uh, kind of debate sort of scenario, and... It was basically, we cannot have this conversation or we cannot develop this idea until everyone at this table defines this word. Because if mm-hmm. if we're, let's say, uh, what's something you like to do? You like to go on walks, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, walk. What does that mean to you? Okay. Does that mean you have to be a certain length? Does that mean a certain speed? Does that mean alone with people at a certain location? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, there's all these little um, yeah. identifiers that unless we're all agree agreeing mm-hmm. on what that means, we could debate night and long day and not ever mm-hmm. come up knowing which one end is up because we're just talking about different things. And so right. that's such an important tool, I think, to apply to yourself when you're talking about your um goals, like you said, they could be life or professional, and then communicating that to your family. Um, If you are Mm -hmm. um, an individual in a relationship that others are intertwined in your life in some way, uh, that that's kind of a a next step too. like their definition of success might be different than yours and what's enough and how to compromise and having you on the show and having you you know, doing these fireside chats and just being on social media and sharing those journeys of what it looks like for you and your husband, um, you know, and and being vulnerable and, and sharing with us, like, some of the questions he's asked you about, like, well, why are you doing this? Um, it, it endears us to you even more, if it's even possible. Um, and I think we'll be very helpful for people to apply to their own lives. So thank you. I, I think that's, I think that's, why I love the platform of social media, Instagram for me um, specifically, because I felt a responsibility um, of sharing authentically. And I know it's such, like you said, it's such a cliche these days. And it's like, be authentic, be genuine. But I really take that to heart uh, because I didn't have that. I was really, I fell prey to when I was younger in my 20s and even into my 30s where I just saw, you know, there wasn't social media back then for me. But for some (laughs) reason, I just saw what I perceived as like people that had it better than I did, you know, somehow they were curating and, and making at least what's what I saw. And I never felt like enough. Mm-hmm. And um, I always felt like I was living up to these ideals, whether I was picking up my kids from school and I'm saying like, oh, I'm, you know, they've got more money than I do, or they have a bigger house, or they've got better careers, or they're more successful, or they're prettier or thinner or whatever. You know, I always compared myself to these people who I thought had it better than me. And then I got to this place and I had this platform from the happy planner and from work. And I'm like, oh, I'm, I now find myself with this platform and being in front of a lot of people. And the very last thing I wanted to do was to appear to be this person who had this perfect life mm-hmm. and, you know, and success with the business. And now I'm, you know, happily married and stuff and have it seem like, hey guys, look at my happy, perfect life. Because that's, you know, yes, in time, you know, I'm mostly always happy, but I have times where I'm not. And I have, um, I have a past and, and I have things that I've struggled with and I struggle today. And, um, and I, and I don't wear makeup most of the time and I, my house is messy and, you know, and I try, 
um, you know, to portray that on social media because I feel like I would have wanted that for – I would have wanted to see someone say, you know, yeah, I, I'm the happy – you know, I'm doing something for the happy planner and I'm not happy right now, you guys. Mm-hmm. I would – I would that would feel liberating to me. And so I feel that responsibility of, you know, sharing that way. And um, I'm going to tell you just something really quick that when – so my daughter's birthday was um, August 18th. And so she and I, she's like, oh my gosh, I found um, the video of when I was born and I want to watch it. So we watched it together. And um, right after that, you know how she did this for me for Christmas. So, you know, they take the old (laughs) tapes and then they put it on mm -hmm, disc and mm -hmm. they they digitalize them, digitized, you know, whatever that word is. (laughs) And um, anyway, they get that. uh, She had, she did that for me for Christmas. And so right after her birth was my son's four year old birthday party, right? It kind of like skipped a couple years. And I'm watching myself and I'm looking at this younger version of myself. And I had, I was in a house that had, you know, just old hand-me-downs and I don't even know what I put on the walls. And I watched this girl who was early mid twenties and I'm watching me Mm. and I'm thinking, I don't know that I can watch this. It was hard for me to watch how hard I was trying to look perfect and how hard I was trying to act older than I was, more put together than I was. And I almost could feel my own pain Mm. um, of not being enough and trying to play this charade. And I had to tell Kayla, I was like, can we not watch this anymore? Like, let's go to watching you guys when you were little because it it like it hurt me to watch like, like, oh, my gosh, you're this bright, beautiful 25-year-old girl woman, young woman, and you're just not, you're not even able to like, you know, fully feel who you are and be who you are. Um, and I don't even actually know why I went down this road. Cause I don't even, I'm like, so like even emotional about it, talking about it. We're in good company here. You know, because I was just like, Oh, do you get a shot of your eyes? I think that's telling when people have had a transformation in their life oh. and you look and especially if they have a smiling shot of them in the past and you're like, oh, my word, look at my eyes because there's something underneath. Like them. they're empty. Yeah. I mean, that sounds severe, mm-hmm. like, you know, but it's something, right? It's it's, yes. it's a something that you as an individual yeah. looking at yourself where many others may have looked over it very easily or may still not uh-huh. even totally recognize I have recognized it in others looking back like a glow up situation and they they go in the archives and you're like look at how genuine your face is now like you're older you're you're lined you're heavier whatever it is but you are so much more clarity in your eyes like it transforms someone's experience for sure yeah well I know that it's funny you say that because I think one of the I grew up kind of you know, part of my persona was, you know, I was the cute one. And I don't mean that in a, you know, self-serving way, but I just like that. I actually don't think it's a good thing because growing up, it was always like, oh, you look so cute. Isn't she so cute? Isn't she cute? It was my identity as a young girl. And, you know, then you get to a point where you don't feel so cute or, you you know, when someone doesn't say, oh, you look cute today, you've, you know, you're kind of like, oh gosh, everything was so tied to my looks, um, which is a whole nother podcast. Mm -hmm. But my point is that, you know, I I used to get – I used to feel really filled up, right, when people would say, gosh, you look so pretty. You look so good. And then it – you know, but if I didn't feel that about myself, it started to feel a little emptier. And I realized when um, 
my husband now and I got married and my life kind of turned around and I did a lot of these things that I talk about in the book, I was genuinely happier and somebody paid me the best compliment. It's still the thing that I like to hear people say the most is you look so happy. Mm -hmm. You know, when people pay that compliment to me and I've had it said, you know, like with no makeup and in, you know, my PJs or whatever. And someone just goes, you just, you beam like happiness. Mm -hmm. And that to me is like, they see the vitality. They see that energy coming from me that, you know, no matter what my physical body Mm -hmm. looks like or my face Mm -hmm. or whatever, where I'm at, they're like inside, they can tell that I'm happy. Mm -hmm. And like, like that's the look I'm going for. You know, that's what I didn't see in my younger self in the video. You know, I was all the things that probably I would have said that I would want it to be in, right? You're younger, you're You've, you know, you're thinner or whatever like that ideal seems to be. Um, and I was so unhappy. And so now you could be like, it doesn't matter really what I look like. It's what's inside and I can be happy at, you know, anywhere in my life. Yeah, I'm thinking back to the past and it's not even so much a size as it is, as it is elasticity. <laughs> like, seriously? Serious. Nothing sagging anywhere. I, I was so oh my. tight. Ugh. Like, do you... Oh, my Young gosh. people, listen up. Just if you don't have, know what to put in your gratitude journal and life sucks for you right now, just be like, <laughs> I have elasticity. Thank you. Mic drop. And that's it. That's all you need. <laughs> or I, and where I'm at right now is like you can say I have estrogen because <laughs> I just went through menopause. That's the hardest time oh, of my life where it was gosh. like, oh, this is really difficult. And I remember sitting there and I was like, I'm just crying and crying. And I'm not – I'm an emotional person, but I'm not – I'm a pretty stable mm-hmm. person. And I'm crying in front of my husband and I'm looking for it. I don't think I have the tools to, cape, uh, to cope. I, just, I don't know what this is. And so finally I go – and then the hot flashes started. Mm-hmm. And I went to the doctor and he's like, have you been like okay at home? And I'm like, no, I have not been okay at home. And he was like, because we're – I'm, I'm thinking that you're not in pre-menopause. I'm thinking that you're in full-blown menopause. Hey. And he's like, and here are all the things that that can mean. So then, of course, you know, you go for the the blood test and he's like, yes, there is no trace. I mean, zero. And we, you know, measure down to the billionth of a whatever. And he's like, basically, you have none. And I'm like, he's like, so that's probably why you've just been a little you know, emotionally erratic. And I'm thinking, well, praise. I cannot believe that that is actually the case because bring on the estrogen. And so, yes, if you're out there and you're younger, just write in your gratitude journal that I'm very thankful for my estrogen. (laughs) Yep. No, for sure. And there's, okay, and we're not saying that once you're older, your life's over and everything sucks. There's other things to be grateful for during these seasons. It's just when you look back, you think, I I don't think I appreciated this level of estrogen randomly when I was, you know. No. Menstruating, I guess you could say. You don't. You don't. And by the way, I've never, I've always, I've been happier and more fulfilled in my life with every decade. Every decade of my Mm. life. I have loved more than the previous one. So I wouldn't go back to my 20s. I would, like you said, I would love the elasticity, but <laughs> the person that I'm growing into and the wisdom that I have by living makes my life fuller. So I would not trade it in for all my estrogen <laughs> in the world because, you know, the life that I've lived in these almost, you know, next year I'll be 50. I don't know how that happened, but, you know, I, I'm happier now than I've ever been. And even in my times of like, you know, when I'm not super, super happy, I still am like, no, this is the most me I've ever felt. 
Mm, how beautiful. Now, that's a legacy, really. That's, that's, you know, you could be up there in the whole, you know, creative planner hall of fame. But really, when you get down to it, to, to be able to share that and to the platform it's given you to share that, you know, I, I'm hoping listeners are seeing that and, and see that as hope, really. You know, if even if the last five decades have been junk, you know, like, let's make the next one better. So mm-hmm. that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. All right. Absolutely. Well, I have some listener questions. Would you mind kind of going through it? No, not at all. And then I want to hear about the book. And I have very, you know, specific questions about how we can kind of engage with your book and um, what you have going on on your website. Okay. So let me go through these questions. Um, there's just a few. A couple of them um, are <laughs> the same. Um, a lot of folks, let me see, they'll probably want shout outs too. They're, and there's only a couple. So I think I can manage. Let's see who we are all wondering. Okay, so Janet Rhodes Harmon um, and Stacy Scraps Plans Creates want to know, have you gotten rid of the squirrel? Um, and have uh-huh. you, <laughs> what like what's up with the squirrel in the garden? How is the squirrel issue going? Um, <laughs> have you considered it? This is my favorite yeah. question I've ever been yeah. asked. <laughs> I, and this was on mine, too. So I was like, hey, this, this is I'm not alone. Has she considered it a metaphor for life? Um R-N. What's R-N? Oh, right now. Life right now. L-O-L. Right now. Okay. So can you give a little background on the growing tube or whatever the heck that was um, for those who may not follow you on social media? <laughs> yeah. So in um, one of the many like ventures that I have decided to like try and the new things to try during you know COVID has been um, hydroponic gardening. So there's a tower. Um, it's by a company called Lettuce Grow and it's a hydroponic tower and it's like, and it has these little growing spots in it. And all you do, it's got a pump at the bottom and it like pumps water up. And so it's once a week, you give it some nutrients, you fill it up and these things grow like you cannot believe. And it's so rewarding to like Every day, every day you look out and you go, look at my lettuce, look at these things. And to the point where even on the bottom, you can grow zucchini and cucumbers and tomatoes and now pumpkins. So it's given me great pleasure during this difficult time. And so the high of, oh my gosh, look at my garden, look what I can do, came crashing down. And all of a sudden I go out and daily, or more than that, would even go out and just check on my little zucchini babies. And it just made me so happy. And I went out there. And I'm like, something ate it. Oh my gosh. Like all of a sudden we don't have squirrel. I mean, we have squirrels here, but I never had them in my backyard. And one day I was doing like an Instagram live and I saw it. I saw the squirrel in my garden, mm. like eating my stuff. And I was like, oh, my, it's on. It is on. And I thought, mistakenly thought that I'm a human being. I'm a smart woman. It's going down and I'm going to win. And I am telling you right now, it is all out war with me and this squirrel. Um, I have tried everything, everything. I have the spikes, you know, that people put on their roofs for their, like for birds. Um, and I've sprinkled pepper all over and I have owls and plastic snakes and everything. <laughs> and he is there and he ate, ate my watermelon, my pumpkins already. And I'm like, I'm almost in tears, like going, I don't want to do it anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. And then I, but I'm like, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to, I'm going to, I will be I will win. <laughs> and um, I'm now uh, enlisting my husband because I'm like, I need your help. I can't do this anymore. And so the fact that someone asked, is this a good um, metaphor for life right now? I haven't thought about it that way. But as I'm speaking, I'm going, yes, because man, 
that squirrel just like, I mean, life was good, mm-hmm. right? This, the abundance, the harvest was amazing. And then it was like, oh my, like decimated overnight, like just decimated. And as much as I kept doing, nothing happened. So I'm going to need to pivot and I'm either going to need to not put those things where he can reach them and just say, you know what, I guess the long vining things are not for me. And I'll just stick to the lettuces up on top, which he can't get to, or I'm going to need to like, just keep being resilient. So that's a really great point. Um, and so I, I, I'm not ready to give up. I'm not ready to give up. I hate that squirrel so much. And I don't hate many things in my life, but (laughs) we are not friends. We are not friends. (laughs) There's a lot of people out here rooting for you and down with the squirrel, I will say. Um, I I happen to be tuning in one of those days. Gosh, that was a while ago now. Um, But, and it was like, I felt the gut punch and I was heard across the planner community. It was like, (gasps) no, not the growing tube thing. Yes. Get out of there. Mm-hmm. The growing it, tube. It's like, I if you know. Look at, or, I'm sorry. There's probably a, the lettuce grow kind of habitat. It's very awkward. It's kind what, of like a it, it looks like a growing tube. Of, I don't know. Thing. Um, but, and if you look at your backyard, <laughs> it's just, it doesn't breathe, doesn't give you these flags of like, oh, sure, a squirrel will be there. It's like a plexiglass no. or like a cl- clear um, yeah. wraparound, like concrete or patio or whatever you have going on. And it's up. Uh, you know, your yep. outlook isn't into the woods. Like, what's happening? Where is this coming from? Right. It's like, you know that there's like, because we do live, there's some like, but it's like beach, you know, like we live down by the beach. So there's some coastal shrubs and we do have some. But in the three and a half years we lived here, I've never seen a squirrel in our backyard. So now all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's like the, you know, the dining table has been set for you. And that I rang the dinner bell and like mm-hmm. all the little, I don't, I think it's just one. Lord help me if it's more than one. And I think I'm just up against this one little dude. They take but, turns. <laughs> you know, I, yeah, my back, can you imagine? It's like, I got him. And then, you know, we, because I'm now to the point where I'm going, what about a humane trap that doesn't kill him, but just traps him? And then we go and we let him out in the woods somewhere. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my husband's going like, but what if it's a mama squirrel and she has babies? And I'm like, okay. You're like, I don't want to feed them know. either. They <laughs> I don't grow know what up to do. and they I need food. Want- no. Yes. Go eat the bugs out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, good luck to you. Um, and we will stay posted. Um, I know at some point, because I'm, I'm I'm tracking with you with this growing thing. There's something so great about cultivating and watching things grow and planting them and getting excited. And then there's some point where you're just like, it is less headache to just go to the farmer's market and buy this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Honestly, that's like, I'm yes. like, kind of like, because mm, I... I idealized Pinterest raised gardens. Do you know what I mean? I just do. Like I'm like, oh, yes. look at that one has a gate. Oh, so cute. Yeah. Isn't it gorgeous? So gorgeous? But I'm yeah. like, oh, I could support these other local economies and just buy a bunch of tomatoes. Mm-hmm. It would be great. Yes. So, but I there's- a, I'm almost there's... there with you, girl. I'm almost there. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, no shade to you if that's where you end up going. Um, and this girl <laughs> wins the victory dance. <laughs> All right, I have a couple more Ugh. questions. Um, two okay. here. Um, Izzy Martinez and someone else said, oh, um, Jen Javier want to know uh, roughly around the same question. What time of the day do you use your planner or when do you plan your day? So that's kind of the same question. Like, or when when yeah, did you so or I do pl- you or whatever? Mm-hmm. 
I still do. I still do because surprisingly enough, now that like all those things that I put off that I didn't do because I was so busy working, they're all now coming and knocking at my door going like, hey, we all, you have time for us mm. now. And so my list is still as long. Um, I need to pace myself and realize I have tomorrow and the next day. And, you know, but um, so normally I still kind of plan on Sundays because I think mentally on Monday, whether I'm working or not, it feels like the beginning of the week. So on Sunday is when I kind of do the overlook for my week. And then in the mornings, I wake up and kind of take a glance at my planner to see, you know, what's going on today and, you know, what do I need to prioritize and do I need to add anything or take anything off of my list? And because I'm a morning person and if I, and I don't remember things like I used to anymore. So there's times where I'm going like, wait, is that today? Oh, what do I need to do? So if it's not written down, you know, I'm kind of lost. Mm -hmm. And so if I wait till the only time, you know, I kind of throughout the day, I have my planner sitting out on my desk. And if I think of like, oh, I need to like, you know, call, I need to do my registration or I need to go get my real ID at the DMV. And, you know, I'll write that down because otherwise I'm going to forget it. And then you just, you know, that feeling of like, there's something I should be remembering. There's something I should be remembering. I don't, I hate that feeling. It's the worst. And so it's like, every time I think that there's something I need to remember, I write it down because, you know, chances are. I won't remember it. <laughs> right. And then you can always just look back and be like, okay, that really wasn't that important, but I don't want to carry that brain luggage around. Yeah. I don't want to carry that urgency, That's that right. false urgency when it's just something to do someday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And you can cross it off the list mm-hmm. and that's amazing. One last listener question, actually a two-parter from Plan Positives. The first question is, what is your most memorable moment of the Happy Planner history? Oh, that... Wow. Okay. The most memorable moment of the Happy Planner history. You know, I think this is going to be something that actually nobody ever like would know. But um, when we very first came out with Happy Planner, uh, we got our, we were waiting for our samples and we were like, okay, you know, well, here we go. We've got this product. It's coming over and we get the product samples and we look at it and we're like, they don't, the pages don't turn. Like what is happening? <gasps> the page, there was something wrong. And we had like over 20,000 planners on the way. We did, these were the ones that they kind of aired in, you know, like, oh my gosh, here it is. Like for you to, mm-hmm. and I'm like, these don't work. And we <sighs> were like, what are we going to do? Like nobody had, we kind of did a little teasing on social media, but like, okay, we were, we got some placement in, in uh, Michael's and Hobby Lobby. And we, but we were like, if we don't do something about this right now, um, the happy planner may never be, right? So we kind of sat down and got all the our heads, you know, thinking about the solution. And we're like, what had happened was we had one factory did the discs and one factory did the punch. And they were like, we have a punch that's kind of similar to that. So we're going to use that same punch to punch the paper. And it wasn't the exact uh, design for the yeah. disc. And so it turned, but it turned like, you know, you had to push it over like now. Oh, oh, oh. You just gave some people like, oh, yeah. Yes. We had to go through. And what we did was we had, we ordered more discs to be made to fit this exact punch size because that was the easier solution. And it wasn't easy at all. We had our entire company and everyone we knew with bolt cutters cutting off every single disc from over 20,000 planners and re-putting them all together and then putting them in the packages before we could ship them out. And so when we were kind of done with that and then you were like, like what a, a joint team effort because we were like, look, the, the Happy Planner will have no future if we don't do this, but this seems like the worst thing to do 
ever because it took us like months to actually get the whole thing, all of them done in addition to all of our work. Um, And so when the happy planner kind of took off, there was this internal sigh of relief and also like this little jubilation with everybody going like, wow, can you imagine? Thank God we did that because we would not be here today. I would not be talking on your podcast. I would not, the happy planner would be done. So to me, it was that internal um, joint team effort to show like, hey, things go wrong. And it was such an example of this was the worst outcome and we made it, you know, we made it work. And then to have it go on and be this successful was just kind of a, you know, a, a big thing to celebrate for us. So I know nobody knows that. I mean, I've told it a couple times here and there, but it's not like, oh yeah, that time. But it was probably, you know, yeah. my favorite part because it felt like we overcame I so much. applaud your perseverance. I cannot even just, wow. That is such one of those sliding doors moments. Like if you're like, ah, this product, how annoying. This is probably going to happen all the time. Let's just scrap it. We'll take a loss this year and we'll come back strong for scrapbooking. Like that could have been a reality and branched you off in a completely different direction. And but sticking it through going, okay, we have to hang on to something, make the best of it. And there's there's those outlooks in your foundation, Stephanie, of that, well, we got to figure this out. What can we do? Like peeling each page off is going to take so long. So creatively, let's just basically get an arc welder and <laughs> zoom them all off and start again. And wow, can you imagine? So I wonder, so those first 20,000 somebody out there has like, they were hand made, hand touched by you or someone you know. So in the in your family or your community, it's how fun. Well, thanks for sharing. And plus, um, now that's going to be a really awesome teaser. So in the beginning of my show, I usually try to like get the top three of what the guest <laughs> is like. And one tip you won't want to miss. <laughs> and then I'll be like, and the one thing that I was trash the happy planner. <laughs> yeah. Yep, it's true. It's true. That's awesome. Okay. And the follow-up question, which leads us perfectly into the last segment of our show, which you get to talk about your new project, um, your book, is what is your favorite excerpt from your new book? Oh, that's a very good question. I had, let's see, I've got my book in front of me. And um, the, I think we kind of touched on it is, you know, I think you being happy with yourself is um, and learning to love yourself is such an important part in anybody's like journey to a happier life and um, and just like embracing that at all. And so um, in in chapter two in my book, that's I, I if I had to do it over again, I would make this chapter one. Um, but we talk about that. The chapter is called "Happy to Be You," and um, and this first paragraph is and it's a short one, but this is my favorite. It says, um, "You are enough." Do you believe that? That you, just as you are right at this moment, are enough? Because the first step to planning a happy life isn't really a step at all. It's a pause. It's taking the time to stand in your own presence and say, I am enough just the way that I am. I am worthy. And I think to me, why that sums it up for me is because, you know, anything else you do, you, you know, whether you're going out and you are, if you have success or you have, you get into a relationship, if you're doing that all for the approval, um, the acceptance of others, because you want to feel worthy, because you don't believe that yourself, 
everything feels kind of empty. You can be successful and still not feel successful. And so for me, if anybody, I was asked the question yesterday um, on our fireside chat with Michaels that said, if you had, if, if somebody just picked up one thing from your book, what would it want? What would you want it to be? That's what I would want it to be. I would want someone to like, even if they took nothing else away to say, if they learned to believe and say, you know what? I am. I am worthy of happiness and I'm worthy of love just the way I am. I don't need to change anything. I just am worthy and because I am, just because I am, then I would be happy. And so that's that's why that's mm. my very favorite excerpt from the book. And, um, you know, it's somebody's like, well, it doesn't have anything to do with planning. It doesn't have, it's like to me, that is the first step. And, um, yeah. So I hope people, I hope pe- the the person reading this book can really take the time in that chapter and really do the work to like, if you're not there, really try and get there with yourself. Cause I think it makes all the difference in the world. The, the order matters because yeah, you can put a bunch of plans even in place. You can even execute those plans, mm-hmm. but right. Until you've done that centering work, that foundational, I mean, this thing, it's like a easy metaphor or uh, analogy, right? Like you can build the most beautiful tower ever, but if it's Mm -hmm. on the sand, this is going to fall over. (laughs) Yeah. hundred percent. Yes. Yes. Well, you talked about, um, you know, maybe switching uh, chapters and things like that. Um, But I know that this was kind of set and then the world's, (laughs) uh, the world became even more worldy became what it is yep. um this you know racially health socioeconomic mm-hmm. just everything kind of was this like a whirlpool of events and i correct me if i'm wrong but you took a moment you took a pause you went to the mountains mm-hmm. with your book in hand with the preview copy mm-hmm. so i want to know during that time what did you take out and what did you add it was already by the time we went to the mountains, the book was already um, back from the printer. So mm-hmm. I took the time, and when when that happened, I actually um, I did have a little bit of a, you know, do we come out with this right now? Do we, you know, do we push the release date? Because does this feel tone deaf to talk about, you know, plan a happy life? Is this just you know trivial in a time like this? And, mm-hmm. um, and so that's what I did when I went, I took that pause to say, you know, instead of, cause we had a marketing meeting with the publisher, with, uh, you know, with me and my big ideas and the, the executive team there. And I was like, you guys, I don't know, like, I don't know how I feel about this. And so that's why I was like, I'm going to go, I'm going to take the book and let's put this on pause for a second and then let's go talk about our plans. And, um, mm. so I, I took the book, I read it and, you know, with, taking everything aside and really getting away, I was able to look and see, I actually believe that people need this message now more than ever. And I think it was one of the reasons why I wanted to do the virtual book club and do a walkthrough with people. And I know we can talk about some of the details of that, but the reason I wanted to do that is because I wanted people to see like, hey, this isn't just a book where it's like, you know, you listen to me and you can be happy, you know, follow these rules and I have all the answers. And no, this is a book of, this is a book with tools in it. It's not a prescription for happiness. It's not like, it's not the answer. It's here are some experiences and here are some practices that have helped me. And I think that now, you know, it's it's just as it's more important than ever for us to learn um, and and really hone those skills to being happier. So 
I kind of got back from the mountains and I thought, you know what, I think I can approach this and at this release in a responsible way that I actually feel is helpful. And so then I felt like, yes, this is good. I never stopped believing in the content of the book. I just wanted to make sure that it was respectful um, and the timing was appropriate. And um, when I got Mm -hmm. back from the mountains, I was like, yeah, I feel really good about this. And I feel like leading people through that will help them see my heart in writing it. And, um, and hopefully, you know, kind of be able to go through and take the, the book, um, content a little bit deeper. Was the book club planned previously, uh, before your mountain trip, or was that kind of a addition that you really felt like you needed to flush out everything with your heart and things like that? There was a lot of things that were kind of planned or talked about that took on a different life. Um, we talked about doing a book tour with Michaels. And so instead of going to the different, because Michaels is really behind not only the book with the book product and they, they're such a, you know, they're supporter of our brand. Um, and so instead of going to bookstores, which, you know, nobody knows like, you know, who's Stephanie Fleming? What's the happy planner? And not that I don't appreciate mm-hmm. the bookstores, but we were going to do a book tour, but go to different Michaels across the country and, you know, talk about the contents and, you know, sign, do book signings and everything. And um, so obviously we had to pivot with that, which is why we did the fireside chats on Zoom, which has been great. Um, but I had also talked about like, hey, you know, I may want to do this book club. And at the time, I was going to just kind of pop on Instagram and talk about it and, you know, very low key. And then when this happened and when I went to the mountains, I'm like, you know, I want this to be more like workshop content, more like a platform of if you took an online class, like here are the things that you're going to do. So I redeveloped it. And I said, you know, I even started like my own website. I, I In two days, I created a website because I'm like, there needs to be a platform where I can control and, you know, where the book club is going to live. And um, and people are going like, I'm confused. I thought you retired. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, but this is, <laughs> but this is just, you know, just for the book club. Um, and so the way I've structured it is that there's four parts of the book. And so we did it in four weeks. Mm-hmm. So in September 6th or on September 6th, um, we will go into a, a deeper dive into the first part. So you read the first part of the book and do the exercises within the book. And then I do, I have four parts in each of these modules. So, and then we'll go live and you are able to do those um, workshop pieces of the content on the Sunday before I like to say the sixth, you'll get an email, you'll get all the links to these parts in the module. There's my commentary, which is, is a post. And then there's, um, level up questions. So you can take the content that you've read in that, in the book, uh, that thus far to the different level mm-hmm. and that little more in-depth and thoughtful questions. And then we have a couple of different things like the first one, we're going to create a happy life manifesto, which is basically like a personal mission statement. Um, and then there's a creative challenge in each one as well. So like the first week we're going to do a vision board. And so that takes, you know, if you want to really dive into it, it gives you a lot more kind of juicy content into not just reading this and going like, yeah, that those are great concepts, but really doing it in your, you know, in your own life. So, um, so yeah, so I wanted it to be a little bit more you know, interactive that way. And then I will go on on every Wednesday on my Instagram, we'll do like a live and just kind of talk about things. And then that content will live forever on stephaniefleming.com, which is where you can go to sign up for the book club. So if you just want to read it now, or, you know, you feel like really November is going to be the time when you can really take that dive, that content will all still be there. So I liked that, you know, really just taking that experience and that was going to be really just 
more like casual on Instagram, turning it into a little bit more Mm -hmm. of a, you know, of a deeper dive with content that way. Yeah, I like your website. I just hopped on there, you know, little prep work as you know do for most guests, right? Um, and it's it's just really like fun. And did you are you a like did no. you actually make this like negative? Okay. No, no, like, no. Wow. So I used um so Go Live HQ. They have templates for Squarespace, so it's like two hundred and seventy five dollars or something. And basically, mm-hmm. it's so easy to follow. I mean, I have a limited amount of like I can work my way around like Squarespace and Shopify and those kind of platforms Mm -hmm. but um no they they have the design you go on you're like I love this look and then they show you how to customize it they have videos that you walk through and basically if you can follow directions you can Mm -hmm. do that so I'm like I love the look of this I have these photos I have this content that I want this is the vision that I need and the the you know the material that I need to have on here and within two days I had it all done so no they're I, I love them. I love their their aesthetic and they make it so easy for you to create a really top-notch, nice-looking, personalized website. Well, yeah. And your your uh, photo assets, you know, just even after your your career, like there's one here of you speaking, you know, at a at an event and holding up planners or exercising on the beach. Like it's just, it's yes. so fun and cute and inspiring. and But yet, like it's not clogged down. Thank it's, you. It doesn't feel like this heavy engine where you have to like do all the things like it's just it's very clear so yeah that's good job I like it I like it, I like it. Yeah. thank you mm-hmm. so much I was happy with the mm-hmm. way it turned out oh yeah <laughs> didn't you retire you're an author now and um do we see any more books in your future <laughs> like, like what do what does retirement actually mean to you I, I you know <laughs> define your terms right <laughs> so you said you retired what did you mean I think ideally if like if the book was coming out, the timing was really interesting because it was more like, hey, I kept talking and I was really planning on retiring at the end of the year. But I just, when COVID happened and there was a lot of things that just really turned the burner up for me and turned that heat up for me to the point where it was like, I need to make a change right now. Um, and so with all of that, it was like, this is not the ideal time having a book because, you know, I have, I'm excited about it and I have a commitment to the people who buy the book, the publishers and, you know, the retailers that are taking it. And and I want to do the, you know, the press surrounding it. And, but, you know, this is not retirement. Mm. (laughs) This is not my idea of it yet. So I kind of was telling my husband like, okay, it's going to have this little mountain vacation for 10 days. And then I'm going to have to like work on the book stuff. And then somewhere in the fall, in in the winter will be like true retirement. Mm -hmm. And then for me, what I want to do is I want to just see, I want to give my mind some space um, to just kind of, you know, what does this look like? You know, what do I want to do? Do I, am I happy to just be like the best, most present grandma, mom, wife, you know, and is that good for me now? Mm -hmm. Um, Or am I longing to do something else? I don't know. And so I'm just going to, you know, let that kind of, I guess, progress and see how I feel once I actually have stopped working, <laughs> you know, I mean, I know I'm not getting a paycheck and I'm not, you know, I don't have a day job, but, um, you know, once things die down a little bit, I think with the the promotion around the book, um, then I think it'll give me an, a little opportunity to see maybe where retirement leads me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, uh, assessment period, you know, you, you don't always know what it's going to be like to, I mean, you've spent more time with your husband already. Right. But, I know my parents, when they both retired, yes. and this is so common, it's like, oh, hi, um, can you 
get these crumbs off the counter. Like it's like the whole new relationship <laughs> dynamic. And it's not that everyone's nitpicky all the time about dumb stuff, but it's sort of like, well, I pictured going on bike rides with French baguettes and flowers in my basket like every day and having coffee at the local coffee shop by 5 a.m. with you. And someone else was like, I got up every day at 4 a.m. to go work at the mechanic, you know, um, garage and I'm sleeping in every day until I die. Like, you know, like you're like, wait, what? We have yeah, a different yeah. dream. What's happening? So- I think that was different too because he my husband retired like a year ago and he'd always said like he's because he's nine years older than me and he's like I'm not going to retire until you do because I want to do retirement together I'm like well that's the sweetest thing Mm. I've ever heard and then you know things just changed and our plans just changed and he retired about a year and a half ago and so he's been like waiting like he doesn't know because all we know is being with each other like 24 7 because we worked together and then you know that's that's how we met and so We've only known being around each other all the time. So very luckily for us, we really mesh well that way. And so he's kind of like, well, my buddy, where's my buddy, you know? Yeah, sweet. (laughs) um, So he was – his retirement was kind of put on hold at least until I did and then to figure out, okay, now what is it that we do? So – but we – that again, we are having to redefine that for ourselves because, you know, even though we know being together 24-7, we also know like working together. 24-7. 24-7. We work, 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 work. And so, you know, now we're going like, okay, now since we're not really working, like, what is it that we do? Yeah. <laughs> you know, we need to find what's our purpose? What are the things that we do? So fighting that squirrel. <laughs> it's going to, yeah, that's, that sounds like a noble cause. <laughs> this is how you get to the point where you're in your house slippers yelling out your sliding door, get yeah. off my lawn. <laughs> Seriously, I'm like, there's been several times where I've said, oh, my God, I'm that lady. I'm that lady. It's like, oh, watch out for old woman, old lady Fleming down there. You know, she's got her, she's going to throw her slipper at the, you know, oh, my God. I'm like, I'm I'm her. I'm that lady. Oh, Stephanie, you have been such a treat to talk to. Uh, good luck on the book. Oh, thank Best you. wishes as it uh, beats the hands of its readers. And, you know, it's it's a great Last, okay, last hurrah sounds so like weird and bizarre, but I think it's a nice bow on top of a great (laughs) present um, that you have given the planner community and of your career to celebrate in this extra community way. You get what you want. I've heard throughout this episode saying, I wasn't happy doing XYZ. I really wanted to do this. And through your creative Mm -hmm. process, by sharing your voice, by setting up this um, website, by kind of putting your I mean, I know you want to be out of the pool. Like, it is hard to have one toe in the pool. <laughs> but leaving one yeah. last one in to to walk people through that with that these module content um, is just it's a nice flourish uh, to the to the end note there of of that corporate life for you. So, look forward to seeing you on Instagram. And do you want to say any other dates or times or anything that do people need to know or where? They can find the book, all that kind of stuff. Well, yeah. I mean, the book right now, it's today. Like I said, today's its birthday. So it's now available. Um, it's available. Like it's, this was the release date. So um, you can buy the book and the book product that's coordinated Happy Planner book product um, at thehappyplanner.com. You can find – you'll also be able to find that same product um, and the book with some bonus content at Michael's and at michaels.com and Michael's Canada starting Friday the 28th of August. And um, and then beyond that, the book is available wherever books are sold. Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Target.com. Um, you can you can get all those online. There's books a million. I mean, it's pretty much like mm-hmm. everywhere books are sold. Mm-hmm. 
And um, there's a, you know, there's the electronic version as well. There will be an audiobook, I believe, um, sometime in October. And so, um, so that's like where you can find the book. And then, um, like I said, the the book club, once you get that and you want to take that a little bit further, you can sign up for the book club at stephaniefleming.com. And there's, it's easy to navigate through. It'll say book club, take me there. And um, that starts on September 6th. So if you sign up, I send you kind of a little welcome email right when you sign up and then you'll get a you'll get an email from me on the 30th of August saying okay get ready and then every Sunday throughout the month of September you'll get an email prompting you it's like hey this module is now you know this module is now live and we'll be talking about this part of the book and um, that will conclude at the end of September and then live on if you want to go at your own pace so um, I think those are the pretty you know, pertinent dates. And to be clear, they can sign, anyone can sign up. Like it's, you don't register with a credit card or anything. Like just oh, buying yeah. the book is the deal. And, nope. It's okay. free. It's free. It's just, you know, I just want to be able to like, you know, be that friend and be sitting on the couch. And instead of doing that and having our book club that way, we are just going to do it kind of virtually. So yeah, it's open to anyone and it's free. Um, yeah. And it lives on. Oh, evergreen, evergreen content. content. There you go. <laughs> we love that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, well, thanks again for coming, Stephanie. It was a joy to have you here. I really appreciate uh, being here, and it was such a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of Planner Lifestyle Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this extra pop-up episode in the middle of a week on a Wednesday to help celebrate the book Plan a Happy Life by Stephanie Fleming. Back to regular scheduled programming just this Friday with Sweet Shay. Make sure if you are listening that you take a screenshot or share it with a friend. It really does help get the word out about Planner Lifestyle Podcast so you can tell others to subscribe and get notifications and not miss an episode. All right, till next time.